Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate. Listen, my name is Dave Fenson. I'm up here in windy, windy Brighton. It's blowing a gale where I am up on top of my hill. If you hear any wind in the background, that's the reason why we are here with the first part of a two-part special episode. This is our best records of 1991. Uh, Obviously, if you listened last week, you heard the hip-hop that we liked. There's no hip-hop in these lists. Uh, We had to kind of fudge it because there were too many records we liked. Uh, as always man we had an enormous amount of fun putting these together uh yeah so if you like the episodes that are super super snarky where we're really rude about things uh, you're not going to get that out of this this is just me and uh krista fanboying about records that we love which is uh, our favorite place to be this uh, episode is numbers 10 to 6 uh got some extras in here as well and then we'll move over till 5 and 1 next week i uh, hope you enjoy these uh i've been busy man i'm just i was ill all last week so i've just been playing loads of catch-up doing loads of admin i'm setting up all kinds of gigs as part of this new business that i'm doing um our wooden dean show which is the next one which takes place on the 7th of february angela barnes rob mulholland who you heard on a guest last week uh william stone as well absolutely fantastic lineup if you're anywhere near the wooden dean area rotten dean you know anyone that is let them know tickets are on sale now we got tickets you can always message me if you need any more details um got on the edge comedy happening this friday with the wonderful alex Keeley. uh if you're in the brighton area come along to that um and apart from that i've been booking up shows for the brighton fringe i've been booking up shows for edinburgh gonna be at both of those fringes this year uh gonna have my show adh dave uh, back at both those plus a new work in progress in brighton only guys i would absolutely love it if some of the people that listen to the podcast come along to some of the comedy and if you ever do please make yourself known a couple of people have along the way and it's always fun time to catch up uh and i've probably got some uh, pcl stickers on me which i can hand out to you anyway guys thank you for joining us thank you as always for sticking with us uh i'm gonna go and try and handle my mental dog who's I caught eating a turd earlier. Lovely times. Anyway, take care. Speak to you soon. Yes, yes, people, welcome to another special episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, my name is Dave Fensom. I'm Chris DeGreer. Uh, we're not joined by Waffles the Dog today because he's downstairs fucking around with the puppy. Well, uh, hopefully not literally. Well, I mean, I mean he's, he's not going to. I mean, we, oh, he's, he's got no balls. balls. He's got no balls. No balls. And, he's, and he's not a paedophile, mate. You don't know that. I've got a fair idea. And then again, I was fucking, I didn't, I mean, as we found out last week, I had no radar for Michael Jackson when I was a kid. So. Oh, true enough. Yeah. Anyway, not that he is, uh, oh, yeah. legally. legally. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, we've had no complaints from his legal department as yet. Yeah, what, we're three days into that uh, podcast being released? Yeah. Um, yeah, radio silence from the Jackson community. Absolutely. We've had a couple of uh, questions as to what exactly what it was was beeped. <laughs> and uh, the answer is we will never tell <laughs> for legal reasons. Anyway, so this is our 1991 uh, end of year special, our wrap up. This is where we talk about uh, 
uh, our favourite albums of the year, not necessarily the ones that were, uh, obviously for the rest of the podcast, we only ever talk about number one albums, mm-hmm. uh, apart from when we do specials because we want to cheat. Well, yeah. But this is, this is the time when we kind of talk about what some of our favourite albums of the year are. Funnily enough, I think some, there's going to be a little bit of crossover this year. But... Well, yeah, let's face it, there's definitely going to be quite a few of the ones that we've done specials on. Absolutely. Might possibly be some of our favourite albums. Absolutely. I guess as well, we should say as well, this is our first episode we're recording this year. What, what, what's the date? It's the 5th? Oh, uh, no. 3rd. 3rd? 3rd of January. I haven't got a fucking clue what time it is. No, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, but this is the first one of 2020 that we're recording. Yes, so, uh, yeah, th- uh, this is, uh, yeah, so Happy New Year Happy to all New of year. you. Uh, and, yeah, did you have a good Christmas? I was working in my pub pretty much every day. Yes or a no, then? Uh, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Did you have any real dickheads customers? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. But did you throw anyone out? Don't think I did. No, I did have one girl on New Year's Eve who fell asleep on a table. She was with yeah. some friends. She fell asleep on a table. We were like, oh, fuck it, I'll leave it. She's she's not there. And then uh, she, you know, you looked around and she was gone. But yep. there was a lot of vomit left. Oh. Yeah, so that was fun at, you know, two o'clock on New Year's. I mean, you've only got yourself to blame, really. You shouldn't have left her there. No, I should have maybe said, you want to take her outside. But well, fight her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that was the only real incident, I suppose, of, of uh, Christmas and New Year. But I'm very glad it's over, put it that way. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm good. What about yourself? Uh, I had a yeah, I had a pretty chill one, man. Mm. It's Jed kept things pretty light nice. uh, at home for most of it. I uh, had a friend's Christmas Day, uh-huh. family boxing day. Nice. Yeah, it was all right, man. Spent, cool. a, spent a lot of my time cleaning up puppy shit. Oh, well, both of us are have some sort of a cleaning up mess story then. Exactly, Good. but, you know, uh, from young bitches. Hey! hey! Don't fuck it at me, it was a joke, <laughs> you cunts. Right, um, so, yeah, look, we've we put this out there on our uh, social medias as well, on Facebook and Twitter. Obviously, all the details are at the end of the show. We asked people to submit their top ten list. We had a really big response this yeah, time around. Very nice. A lot of kind of regular listeners getting back in contact. Yeah, we love you guys. Thank you ever so much. We did a big thank you list on uh, Facebook the yeah. other day. If your name wasn't included in that, then write to me and we'll include it in a later list. Okay, okay. Know, Yeah, I mean, just, just dress right. That's that's how much our thanks is worth. You just ask and you get yeah, it. Uh, we're nice guys like that. But yeah, so we're going to be reading some of these out as we go. It's, don't worry, we're not going to read all. I mean, we had a lot of responses, so we can't read everyone out in glorious detail, but there are a few uh, bits and pieces that it's we nice should go. It's to see the cross-section of the, the, the people that listen. Absolutely. Yeah, some good good choices. So a couple of caveats before we start. Obviously, we recorded a best of hip-hop 1991 at the back end of last year. Yeah, that was last week's podcast, if you listen to this. Yep, absolutely. Um, so you might notice a complete lack of hip-hop records in our top tens today, and we've done that deliberately. We've uh, sectioned them out. Obviously, this is the era of apartheid, and we thought that was the best way to go. <laughs> That isn't part of it, true, because it's because we love hip hop so so very dearly. Uh, we wanted to do a complete list for that, and plus there was a lot of records in 1991, and we wanted the chance to talk about some more of them. Precisely, yeah. So th- yeah, don't uh, be confused as to why there are no hip hop uh, records in these lists that we're yeah. about to do. That's why they are in one of their own. All right. So let me ask you this question right now: If you had to, uh, if if you'd have had to include the hip hop records in here, uh-huh. how many records would that have displaced? Out of the ones that are currently in this. Yes. List. Um, I'd say probably at least, i go for th- three, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon three of the ones in my hip-hop best of would be in this top ten. I think I'm a three as well. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, tri- tri- I think Tribe. Tribe for me, Public Enemy for me. Yeah. And Ice Cube, I reckon. I reckon for me, yeah, two or three. Definitely Cypress Hill. Definitely right. uh, Tribe Called Quest. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Possibly iced tea. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, 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 in the, the lower reaches of your tan anyway, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because the one thing that this shows you, is we recorded that last week, these lists are fucking arbitrary. They change like oh, the God, wind, yeah. right? There are... I mean, I, I started off with a very big, long list for this. I started off mm-hmm. with like well over 20 albums. Right. Well, yeah. there were a lot of big albums released in 1991. As we've been saying all the way through yeah. this season... Every time we look at what else was going on, there's a lot of stuff coming through. So that, that doesn't surprise me. You had a big list. Yeah, and I, I could have probably had another like ten albums. That are like, oh, these are a solid good albums. Right. As well. These are solid good albums that I loved at the time. Probably not died on classics. Right. But I mean, I was up 12, 20 mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, these are. It's very difficult to kind of pick between a lot of these. So uh-huh. I will say that some of my ordering you know if, you, if you're sitting there going ah oh, well you've got that at number eight i think that should have been number seven well yeah. it doesn't really matter we're it, not that serious it, entirely fair on that yeah i've not i've not marked this on a on a 35 point system no, fair enough, mate. mostly fucking on a wing and a prayer like this entire podcast oh, God, yeah. <laughs> i think one of our uh one of the people who got in touch with us said that he started with a list of 36 yeah and whittled it from there that's, I think yeah. that was I think that was Mike, wasn't it? Was Cy. Oh, was it Cy? Yeah. Oh, was it Cy that did that? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, shout out to So oh, well, let's, let's, have, let's have a Should we have a look at a couple of these lists early? Just have a look at some of the ones that are vastly different to ours. Okay, Ooh. yeah, go for it. Who, who have we got? I'm going I'm to start with, I'm gonna start with my uh, pal Mike Collins. I'm not going to read out his whole list, but I'm going to say, but he's got a couple of inclusions in here that you're not seeing anybody else's. He's got Mordred and Mindfunk in here. Mordred. What? Wow! If you don't remember, if you don't wow. know Mordred, Mordred were a funk metal band, pretty good funk metal band from mm-hmm. back in the day as well. Mind funk, definitely in that groove as well. Okay, Mike is a man that likes his funky shit, man, with his metal. Now I'm not going to mention read the rest of his list because pretty much mess- we've, most, got, a lot we've, of we've got most of it in in our lists as well. Uh, I mean, shout out to Gary Franklin here. Yeah, Gary, thank you for getting in contact, mate. Uh, Gary, we've reviewed. I mean, I think we worked out we've reviewed six out of your top ten albums. In across the year, you've got Seal in yours, Genesis, and both Guns and Roses albums. I know. I mean, fair play to you, man. I'm glad you're enjoying those. Well, but... I suspect maybe he didn't even like them before we did the podcast, and he was so uh, impressed with how we talked about them. Yeah. That he then went, actually, yeah, no, this is now one of my favourites of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, think it's all of our doing. I would not say that we gave any of those albums a particularly <laughs> easy ride. Not Seal, we didn't. But Gary, thank you so much for getting in contact with us, man. I really appreciate it. Some other bits and pieces here. Darren Austin. Uh, Darren Austin, DMA237. Uh, Again, the, the one that really stuck out for me on this list was Leatherface. Got mushed by yeah. Leatherface on that list. I know. I mean, I, I was not a fan of Leatherface at the time. Nowadays, I'm like, yeah, fine. I remember seeing them on every single fucking Reading lineup yeah. for years, you know, in one of the smaller tents. They were always, you know, halfway down the big stage or top of the, the smaller tent. I didn't get into Leatherface for years, but fucking hell, I really, really like Leatherface. But yeah, fair play. You got that in the ten. Fair dues, yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get, to, uh, and then uh, what else have we got here? Oh, number one rerun. We love you. Oh, at, at, yes, at, yeah. At Carla from at number one rerun podcast, she sent us our list and uh, sent. Sorry, she sent us her list. Uh, and you know, there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff on that list. Sure, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a lot of crossover with what we're going to talk about as well. Let's have a little. Let's have a little rundown of what she's but. got there. Right. So she's got she's got Slave to the Grind by Skid Row on there, which I would also. Yeah, which close. I had in, I had my honourable mentions. That's a really, okay, really sure. good metal record. Yeah. Hey Stupid by Alice Cooper, which I don't really remember the album, but it's got oh, like poison of, on it. Massive singles. I mean, you can't argue with anything that's got poison no, no, by Alice Cooper enough. on it. Uh, Dangerous by Michael Jackson. Now, I would not include that record. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, up to you. But at the end, she's written, yeah, yeah, do one, because her final uh, record on this list is Brian Adams, Waking Up the Neighbours. Yeah. And 
Carly, you should have a word with yourself, mate. <laughs> you should have a word with yourself, mate. Best of 91. Best of 91. That's not Amazing. That's not even the best record recorded in that studio that day. <laughs> By Mott Lang. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> If there was a if there was a nineteen ninety one top ten of albums recorded by Canadians called Brian, right? <laughs> that would be hovering around somewhere twenty three. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, each their own, like we say. But come on. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, look, we'll, that's we'll, cool. We've got we've got more lists, and we'll come to some of uh, some of the others as as we go. But uh, I, I'm I'm sure we're going to chat for ages on this one. So our, our format is going to be this is going to be a two part podcast, ten to six on this one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then, yeah, we'll be back with another episode next week, I Part guess. Part two, yeah, next yeah. week. And, yeah. We'll do five, the countdown five to one. Okay. Well, shall we get started with what we're going to be doing, our own lists? Okay, yeah, number... What, so, what, what is your number ten? My number ten? Yeah. And I feel almost like I'm betraying them by having this so far down in the list, uh-huh. right? And a good remaster... Oh. Might uh, might uh, boost it up All right. if, if you're listening, folks. But I'm going with the self-titled Mr. Bungle record. I see. Okay. Now, right now we've talked about Bungle a few times in in kind of passing. On yes. Here because you are a massive fan, and I do not get it. You say you do not get it. You've never really given it any. I'm not giving it a good. But then you know our friend Neil. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Oh, check this one out, Christer." Yeah. And what one did he recommend? I can't remember. I, can't remember. Girl, girl, I mean, I recommend Girls of Porn to you because I think you'll find it funny. Right. It's just about it, porn. The one he recommended, I listened to it, yeah. and I'd say 20% of it was pretty good. Yeah. 80% of it was dog shit. <sighs> See, look. These... And that was him going, Christopher will probably like this one. This is an easy entrance. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think he's best placed to, to make that call. Maybe not. Love you, Neil, but I couldn't get into it. Mr. Bunga are a deep cut band. Yeah. There, there's an awful lot going on in the music. It's kind of weird, kind of pronky. Scary, jazzy, John Zorn produced mm-hmm. and influenced kind of stuff. It's if you don't know Mr. Bungala, they're Mike Patton's band. Uh, he was in in college before he was in Faith No More, yeah. basically. And obviously, this album was released a year after a success with Faith No More, obviously funded by the money that he that made he, yeah, from doing course. that. And probably, I think, I think it came out on the same label as I, think, I was going to say. Was it on a major at this point? I think possibly. I think it came out on. Slash, I'd have to have a look at it. Yeah. But I would imagine that it was all part of uh, his deal signing with Faith No More that he got to put this record out. That would make sense. Yeah. Exactly. This, this is my baby. I want to have the ability to give it its yeah. due. Now, there, there is some stunning musicianship in Mr. Bungle. Oh, I will never question the musicianship. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I can't question musicianship of bad jazz either yeah fair enough but i you know this is to me it's just a, a ridiculous record it's it's kind of a punky and irreverent and it's got a real kind of fuck you attitude to it whilst yeah. having these kind of weird time uh, signatures having these weird soundscapes that i've not heard anywhere just this fusing of stuff that shouldn't really go together and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't quite work and sometimes the fact of it not quite working is what's so good about fair it fair enough it's just a real kind of fuck you of a record. It's mm-hmm. got stupid songs on it. It's got Mike Patton's voice on it. You know, it's still in that kind of very young embryonic stage of his voice on this record where he's still singing a lot more in that kind of slightly nasal higher register. Yeah. Um, so Waffles the dog has just come in, wagging his tail, looking pleased with himself. Oh, you heard him, he's talking about Mr. Bungle and you went, i got some fucking opinions you need to hear. He, he has, mate. Mm. He just left one of them on the hallway. Yeah. Uh, but look, man, there's just so many great songs on here. There's 
first track, which is uh, quote unquote, yeah, which, which was renamed from Travolta. Uh, I think. Oh, right, yeah. Due to some kind of legal action. Fair enough. You know, there's uh, girls are porn on here. Uh-huh. There is my uh, ass is on fire. My ass is on fire. It's not funny. My ass is on fire. That's a fucking brilliant song. Love egg. is a fist. Love is a fist is a brilliant song. <laughs> egg. An egg comes out of a chicken. Uh-huh. A chick comes out of an egg. Yeah. Well. Squeeze me macaroni. What a tune. Uh, Slop your face in my baloney. These are some good titles. Yeah. I'll happily agree yeah. with that. Yeah, this is this is a brilliant, brilliant record. It's uh, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. If you're a big Mike Patton fan, then I it's, it's unlikely that you won't like this. I think. Right. If you're an, you know, it depends. You know, it's this is the the the, the weirder edge of Mike Patton. You know, the, the it it depends which album you listen to. It's it's not quite as extreme as something like Phantomass. Sure. Uh, but it's certainly more out there than Tomahawk or Faith No More. Right, gotcha. Um, gotcha. But yeah, what a brilliant record! I I, I love this, and I, I there's still just passages of this and like little vocal, little vocal lines and things and just f- bits of phrasing that's just still just popping at my head all the time. Really, and I sing badly to to myself or my dogs. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Waffles is not. That's why he's sitting over by me. Mm-hmm. Because he's scared you might start singing. Mr. Wax Bungle. within my ears is brown, just like the snot inside my nose. I know, mate. I don't know what he's doing either. Looking at me with these puppy dog eyes. I can't save you. And how can you argue with a song that goes, we've got gushing gonads, tingling tushes, hairy balls, huh. hairy bushes, <laughs> S&M, whips and chains, pregnant ladies, menstrual pains. Well, again, excellent vocals, or excellent lyrics, rather. Yeah. I suspect the vocal delivery would annoy me. Ah, oh, it's fucking great, man. No, so you, you like it. It's on a, it's on a doon, 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 We got gushing gonads, tingling tushes, hairy balls, hairy I'm so sorry. So All right, sorry. fuck you. Um, fuck you, people. If you, right, for, uh, two questions. Did you know this at the time? I can't remember what you said before. Um, I got this when I went to uh, Sixth Form College, nineteen ninety two. Okay, so uh, close. Yeah, so, so someone had this on tape. I'd yeah. never heard of it. Someone copied it for me. Gotcha. Yeah, never thought I'd ever get to see Faith No More. Sorry, uh, Mr. Bungle live. Mm-hmm. Did see them live in the old Astoria on mm-hmm. their third album. Good. Uh, California, did you love it? mate. I tell you what, it was. It was a gig that was so good that the next day. I drove to Nottingham to see them again. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's how good it was. It's like, I might never get a chance to see this again, so I'm going to do it. And to this day, it was the right decision because I haven't... Uh, Right, and you may not get the chance to. Yeah. Okay. Although they are reforming in America next year. I saw this, yes. Yeah, uh, again, there was a bit of a a little flurry on Twitter amongst the fans getting very excited, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, So question number two, though. Yeah. What we're going to do as we go through these and talking about each album is we're going to put a song... On uh, onto a playlist, so we've got a kind of a best of 1991 playlist for pop collaborating. Listen, what song off this album would you put on? And it can be a, a representative one, it can be a personal favorite, but what would be your choice and why? Oh, god, I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm not tempted to do Girls of Porn because uh, right. it's funny. Um, right, yeah. I'm, gonna do, I'm gonna do squeeze me macaroni. Squeeze me macaroni. Yeah, yeah. Just because I really like the uh, knick knack patty whack. Give your dog a bone, baby. <laughs> well, there you go. I like that bit. That's right, okay. it. That's the, I'm picking it on the. Yeah. Just because that's that's a good line. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Right. So that's going to be the first one on the playlist. Yep. There Lovely. we go. Nice. 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 What well, you got? A number ten, Chris Greer. Number ten. I have. Well, I've got an album that you've got further on up. So further on up your chart. Okay. So we will up your chart. Up your chart. <laughs> Uh, 
So we will leave talking about that okay. until we get to it in yours. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. So I'm going to go back to you. Oh, no, shall I just do my number nine? Now? Yeah, do your number do nine. My, my number nine is Massive Attack's Blue Lines. Ah, nice. Right, so, and this one, I put it at the bottom because even though it's obviously a brilliant album, yeah. it is a fantastic album. At the time, I kind of only knew a couple of the singles. I didn't really hear the whole thing until the year after, probably. And I didn't own this until a couple of years after. Yeah. Um, because I was on a different tip at this point. But when you listen back to it these days, you just see the future. You just see yeah. the rest of the 90s almost coming into focus. This was agree. so embryonic for so much. And... It's not like one of those ones where you go, oh, well, I can see where everything was coming from. It's a shame it's not very good. Yeah. You can also go, oh, this is banging. This is a blinder of an album. I agree with you completely, mate. Uh, this was honourable mention for me. This was close, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, literally, this this came down to a couple of things, was how many times have I listened to it over the last couple of years? Sure. And that's pretty much what did it. This this one featured quite, uh, quite a few lists as well, didn't it, it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of these ones that, if you look at, because I did look at a couple of, you know, the BBC website's best of 1991 list or, you know, various uh, other sites. This is what happened in 91. Yeah. And everyone has Blue Lines. Yeah. Blue Lines is one of those albums that gets talked about in absolutely revered and hushed tones. Well, this is a weird thing. I mean, I, I think we've talked about this before, but there was there was a whole thing that seems to have been a little bit forgotten now, which is when Mezzanine came out. Mm -hmm. Everyone talked about Mezzanine. All the reviews at the time were like, oh, this is good, oh, but it's not Blue Lines. Right. You know, because it was so revered at the time. And now, kind of, that seems to have been forgotten. And the revisionist history is that Mezzanine is the classic. I would, I would agree with that. That's my favourite Master I would, No, I mean, there's no... It I is. mean, common sense prevails. I mean, I, I thought it was. I thought it at the time, because... Sure. Ahead of my time, mate. <laughs> you know. You, you know me. <laughs> uh, um, but no, I mean, yes. But Blue Lines is... It a is a classic. It's a record. classic, classic album. And it has, I think, stood the test of time. We're talking... I still think... A lot of this sounds brilliant. It's the first time that I'd heard uh, this band at all. I, I didn't know any of the previous stuff they were doing, yeah. the Wild Bunch bits or anything that, mm. that, that we're guesting on. This was the first time I heard it. And the first single, or first song I heard, would have been Unfinished Sympathy. Yeah. So that is an introduction and a half, isn't it? Oh, it's cracking, mate. You just hear that and the swelling strings and the, the just relentless beat going through and Shower Nelson's gorgeous voice. Mm. Everything comes together. But on the rest of the album, when you've got tricky like this young tricky and he's so good on it as well he's brilliant um but 3d's voice as well you know his voice is just this smooth but also slightly kind of not scary but a little bit on edge tone to yeah, it yeah it's got a kind yeah i know exactly there's, what there's you a, mean like actually a warning behind it yeah and menace then you've got fucking daddy g the yeah. deep voice and it all is just brilliant and you got mushroom in there somewhere doing whatever the fuck it was I he did tell you, mate. No, yeah no, no idea but um yeah i mean a tricky kid as well at this He's point tricky kid yeah he tricky was. kid then uh, he grew up to be Tricky man. Tricky man. <laughs> tricky, tr tricky man. Just, uh, sounds like someone you wouldn't book for your kid's party. Yeah. <laughs> the bad magician. <laughs> oh, he's a tricky man. Oh, tr <laughs> oh, like that. That's not as funny as I, as I think it is. I know it is, but fuck it. Yeah, wicked man. That's a, that's a, that's a big shout, man. That's it is. And, and uh, the only kind of thing for me uh, that... the. Well, another reason that I have it kind of lower down in my list is that I am, and this is probably sacrilege for Massive Attack fans, I'm not a big fan of Horace Andy. I I prefer the songs that he isn't on. 
And while I accept that some of the ones he is on work really well, you know, you wouldn't have him of the big wheel without him on it and it would be a totally different song. It would, wouldn't be as good. But I do get a little bit annoyed if I hear too much Horace Andy. Well, mm. fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Yeah, he's not my cup of tea. Everything else on here, fucking brilliant. I do like the way that when you say it, though, it sounds a little bit like Horse Andy. Horse Andy. You like, know Horse. He's a, an extra in uh, Bojack Horseman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you've got songs like Five Man Army, which is again Tricky Kid just doing his his really, really clear and hard not hard hitting rap, but it's so precise that he's doing everything. It's so well crafted over this, you know, great beat. Um you got Daydreaming which is a bit slower, but you know, say um Safe from Harm again, just this nice uh some more beautiful side of things. But you've got so many different bits that work so well as a whole. Yeah, and like you say, it's, this is the foundation, you know, we, over the next couple of years, we've got records from Tricky, we've got Porter's Head, we've, yeah. got, we've got everyone that's coming out of this, this oh, scene. Oh, you can hear so much. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear the roots of so, so much. And you know, you know this this stuff went internationally. It changed hip hop as well. Yeah, changed the direction of hip hop uh, in a lot of different ways. You've got this whole genre uh, 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 of things coming out. Obviously, around this time is when you know you have Mowax putting out a lot of uh-huh. records. Uh, I thoroughly recommend the Mowax documentary that we saw. Oh, that was good. Uh, what was it called? Uh, um, the Man from Mowax. Yeah, the Man from Mowax. Oh, just James Lavelle, really. Documentary, but, I suppose, rather than Mowax. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, it's yeah, it is about James Lavelle and our oh, bless him. I mean, he had fucking artistic control, and that is a that is a man that's put out a film that does not portray him in a particularly it, fond no, light. No, he comes off pretty badly at times. <laughs> he certainly mm-hmm. does. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, so yeah, so you've got that. What what, what track would you pick off of? Uh... Mate, it, the obvious one is Unfinished Sympathy because it's incredible and it's one of the ones that you can still hear this day and you get goosebumps. Yeah, it's very difficult not to pick that track. Precisely. Um, uh, if I wasn't allowed to, you know, maybe safe from home. But because I'm allowed to, I gotta do unfinished simply. You're allowed to because you make the rules, buddy. I do. I make the fucking rules. You're the boss. So yeah, it's gonna be unfinished simply because that is, to me, the best song on the album. It's the one that is the most representative of how inventive and influential they were. It just works brilliantly. Yeah, so this one, this uh, this record uh, featured on Martin Young's list. Uh huh. Let's have a look at Martin the rest. Young. Good. Thank you for getting in contact as well, mate. Now let's have a look at the rest of Martin and Young's list. He's got LFO frequencies on here. He's oh. got, got the orb. Right, okay, so he's got, there's definitely, well, there was this interesting kind of dance stuff coming through as well in 91. Yeah, he's got Low End Theory, which uh-huh. 100% would have been on my list. For sure. If we had another thing. Beat Happening by Dreamy, no idea what that is. I remember Beat Happening being a thing, but right. I was never into them. Oh, no, sorry, it's uh, it's Dreamy by Beat Happening. Yeah, Beat Happening. Okay, sorry, I've been an idiot. Uh, Spiderland by Slent. Now, uh, this was a record that I've wanted on my list. Is that right, yeah? Yeah. Close. And I was very close to doing it, and I realised... If I'd have done it, I'm saying nothing about Martin here at all, but if I'd have done it, it would have been for slightly pretentious indie okay. reasons, right? And I, I love that record. I think it's fucking fantastic. But uh, and, but I, I think I like the stuff that it influenced more than I like it. Right. Although I do love it. Okay. Now, that's a, that's a fair... And, and it's a good concession of you to go, yeah, I would be just maybe being that kind of guy if you okay. said it was the big one. There's a record on here that I'm going to do, so I won't mention that. They've got blue lines on there. Mercury Rev, your self-esteem. Yeah, I remember whenever we briefly mentioned that on the way through the podcast. Yeah. I, I was aware of it because it was a big deal in the NME and stuff at the time, but 
I just wasn't into it. Yeah, fair enough. Teenage Fan Club, Bandwagon Esque. Yeah, good album. A little bit. Good and then a feature on quite a few of her albums and number one for a few people, uh, My Bloody Valentine, Loveless. I know. I know. And, I mean, obviously, you, you, it's, you can tell because we're, t- we're mentioning it, it's yeah. not on either of our lists. Nah. Mainly because, for me, it, it was too far out for me at the time. And yeah. I haven't gone back to it enough. Exactly. The, uh, uh, it's a record that I appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, but it's an, a record that didn't get me at the right time for, for me to understand its importance. And I'd listened sure. to a lot of the things that it influenced afterwards. Oh, right. And for me, it's it, it's one of those records that had I had this record at the time or a couple of years hence, it would probably be a big, a, 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 a much bigger one. Yeah. And it's a, it's a similar thing with Slint for me, almost, although I've listened right. to that Slint record more than I've listened to that My Bloody Valentine record. Okay. So, but, yeah. Again, we can't, you know, fault it for being influential because, it, again, it's one of the ones that people yeah. go, this was a turning point for a lot of bands. Yeah, this yeah, was a turning yeah. point for a lot of production values. It was huge for the people who knew it, for the people who were into it and the people who uh, knew what they were talking about. Probably people a few years older than us to yep. an extent as well. People cooler though and more black clothing than we did. Well, yeah, that's very true. I was still wearing, you know, plaid and uh, as baggy uh, trousers as I could get. I mean, I, in 1991, I think I was still wearing, I don't know, I, don't, I, was, I was wearing track suits, I think, a bit. Right. Actually, but, I, was, I was kind of, no, I was, I was trying to wear more skatery clothes in 91. Yeah. But, you know, my, my range of options were limited. It was, you know, there was only so much you could get from C&A. You know <laughs> right. <what I> mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was I was uh, very much trying to build up my collection of band T-shirts because well, T-shirts I, that had been, the, for what reason? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one just <laughs> N word. <laughs> You're wearing that one today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that I was I, fucking hell. You know, none of this was a good look when you go. Oh, great! There's a photo of me when I was 15. Ah, uh, mate. But I mean, you see, you've seen photos of me when I was at sixth form college. It's, it's, it's not what you want, is it? No, it's anyway. Right. All oh, right. Well, good. So that was my number nine, anyway. Okay. So my number nine, yes, is "Acting Baby" by U2. Okay. So if you listened to our Michael Jackson episode, yeah, you will have heard us talk a bit about this because uh, "Acting Baby" was kept off the top spot by Michael Jackson's "Dangerous." Yeah. Yeah, but you love it. This is a brilliant record, and I, you know, I mentioned in the last episode that I was going to go away and listen to it. Yeah, and I have about eight times. Really, I fucking love this record. There's not a bad song on really? it. You, but honestly, over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like I, I, I played it to Jenny. Jenny hadn't heard it. Jenny really mm. liked it. Yeah, there is not a bad song on this record. Damn. There is like I. It's testament to some of the other things on this list, and. I, you know, I, I mean, I'm looking at this list and I'm like, this could be a top five record yeah. for me. It really okay. could. Uh, it, it is such a well-crafted kind of odd pop record. You know, it's yeah. kind of them doing their pretentiousness, oh, uh, as I always said. But, you know, Edge, man, it's got some fucking great guitar sounds here. This is this is a, a, an album absolutely full of riffs, full of different moods. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very popular to beat up on Bono, and I do it a lot. Oh, because it's deserved a lot of the time. Yeah, because yeah. he's a bell, but he's got a fucking great voice. Uh, oh, definitely. And he's got, you know, he can write a melody. He's he can write a decent set of lyrics yeah. as well. This is a, a, an album that 
one of these songs moved me in a way that a lot of stuff doesn't now. And, okay. you know, part of this is putting me back in a place where, you know, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of leaving school and I'm probably quite emotionally volatile, right, sure. you know, because I was a hella angsty fucking teenager. Mm, sure. But there's just stuff in this that resonates with me. And But more than anything, it's just stuff that I'm just like, what a fucking tune this yeah. is, you know? That's kind of my memory of the album is... There are just some absolute belters on there. When was the last time you listened to it? Oh, it's years. Absolutely, uh, uh, you know, at least a decade. Do do yourself a favor, dig this record yeah. out. I mean, I, and I say that to anyone. If you if you dismissed this at the time, or you thought, oh, you know, or oh, fuck you too, or you've gone off you too, over, yeah. go back and visit this record, man. Starts off with Zoo Station, even better than the real thing. Yeah, one, one, incredible. Oh, until the end of the world, man. That is oh, such an amazing that one, tune. Actually. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, who's going to ride your wild horses? So cruel. Uh, so cruel is a you're so cruel. It's a really good tune. The mm. Fly, what a song! Banger. Uh, Mysterious ways. Trying to throw your arms around the world. Ultraviolet, light my way. Acrobat, love is blindness. These are all good songs. Yeah, there is not a bad song no, that, amongst that is, those. That is solid. Uh, you know it's. Absolutely fantastic record. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I saw them live on the the on what was it the extended version of this tour. Sure. Still one of the best live bands I ever saw. Right, yeah. I don't you know, and it's it's become very unpopular to to admit. And like, you know, and I think I think they have disappeared up their ass more as they've gone down. And mm. you know, I, I haven't paid full attention to the albums. I haven't listened to, it. and I'm sure there's probably. A load of stuff in them that I would like. Okay, sure. Back. If I had, if I hadn't got a bit too cool for them. Okay, yeah. Right. Start listening to Slint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking right. <laughs> but you know, this record is a perfect crossroads in this band as they moved right. away from that kind of super earnest, kind of slightly bluesy rock that they'd been doing. Yeah. Uh, which I still think is fine. And before they kind of went into the territory of you know the kind of the ultra kind of cheesy pop and kind sure. of parodied. Became a parody of the parody, and and they were also they went into kind of super arch ironic stuff as well. Yeah, and was, you know, this, I mean, this stuff was pretty arch and ironic. Oh, yeah, but it, but like you say, it's the crossroads. Exactly, like the yeah. nexus. I think is right. a word that I would like right. for that. Yeah, nexus. Mm. Fucking the Lexus flexus no. from <laughs> Long Beach to Texas. Uh, yeah, so I I love this album, man. I really do, cool. and I again. This podcast has given me many highs and lows, but I would say one of the favourite things about doing this podcast is it's reminded me how much I like this record. Wicked, and I've Good. got to listen to it a load this year. That's and I, you know, I'm, you know, I am, I am fan of this record. Hear me roar! I am unapologetic sure. about it. And as far as I'm concerned, they never got this good again. No, this no, was, this was as good as. And, and, I, and you know, and I say that from a position of not really having given the rest of it this kind of attention. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm going to make a sweeping statement and say, I bet you were right. Yeah, you're. Yeah. Pro- I, I think you. I think you're probably right. I yeah. think I'm right. I think we're all right. Okay. Well, what, what would be your song that you'd put on the playlist? What would be the one? <sighs> that is a difficult question. Mm. Like you say, a lot of different moods different styles so it's not like well this is the best of all like because they're all the same but this is the best one you go well this is the best for this reason this is the best for that reason okay i'm gonna go all right okay i'm gonna say i think the best song on this album yeah is one brilliant uh-huh i'm not gonna pick it uh-huh for because it's a song that's because that, i want to listen to this playlist and i find it difficult to listen to that Absolutely. song these days right that's that's how that is uh i think oh i'm gonna go with trying to throw your arms around the world. Blimey. Right. Because that's a fucking great song. Okay, then. 
Okay, so that's my number nine. What's your number eight, Krista? Uh, well, my number eight is one that you have in your list, but higher up. So again, we'll we'll kind of hold off on talking about that until we come to it in your list. Okay. Um, but just as a quick aside, I have got lists here of the top ten best-selling albums of 1991, which I thought would be interesting just to go through to see what the big ones were, because obviously we've, you know, what we do is we go through the number one yeah, albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if we just do a quick kind of recap of what... 1991 meant to the record buying public we can see a little bit of a difference again okay. so let's just quickly go through number 10 uh the best best selling albums of the year number 10 beverly craven's self-titled album and we've not even fucking mentioned that really. we kind no. of briefly went over it when we saw it appear but it was so out of the way for either of us yeah that it is just completely flew by i'm amazed that that is in the top 10 best selling albums of this year that's, yeah, that is a lot of. Albums. I am. I mean, yeah. I mean, that there is a lot of records. Mm. <sighs> Again, it's it. It just plays into that kind of. I, it, I guess a lot of the people that would have bought simply red would have bought this record. Of course, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we didn't talk about it because it wasn't number one. But I'm pretty sure it hung around, you know, number four and five for months. It was one of those yeah. ones that was just constantly selling rather than huge, huge, huge. Yeah. So that's number ten. Number nine uh, is Dire Straits on every street. Which we Jesus did. Christ. I know. That's I sold that many records. Uh, number eight is Genesis We Can't Dance. Yeah. Again, which we've done. Seven, Brian Adams, Waking Up My Neighbours. Number one reruns favourite album ever made. Yeah. Uh number six is Seal. Seal. And that was we I mean we talked about how big a deal that was. Was that was it that song by Suggs? Seal Seal, yeah. Nice. Uh number five is Share Love Hurts. And I'm surprised that that is this high in this best-selling albums. Yeah, I mean, you got to, you got to reckon the Sheep Sheep song sold a lot of records. It fucking really did. It really did. Uh, number four is one that wasn't number one, so we've not really had to discuss it much. And again, this hung around the three-four spot for fucking ages. Bad smell records. Michael Bolton, Time, Love, and Tenderness. Jesus Christ! I know. I uh, mean, there, there are a, there are a lot of kind of there are a lot of frustrated housewives out there in this. <laughs> this way. Do you know but, what I mean? Yeah. People, can you can you imagine this? I mean, can you imagine like if you found out your mum had shagged Michael Bolton? Well, these days I'd be all right with it. Back in '91, I'd been fucking pissed off. I mean, because you know that that guy was going around the country shagging people's mums. <laughs> that was his entire. It was his stick? Yeah, that was his. That was his thing. Yeah. I mean, he had insurance in case it stopped happening. <laughs> You know what I mean, it's like I mean that guy. That guy has fathered more half brothers than anyone in this country. I'm almost sad that we didn't have to do one on that because I that am would have. As well. we, I, who knows? I can't believe we, that we would have liked it, but we would have had a good time. Have, have we got? Have we got Michael Bolton coming up at all? I don't there think must we do. be one. Well, I'll tell you what. Then how about we make a pledge? No. That next time there's a Michael Bolton. Uh, album comes out for oh. release. We will do a special on it. We'll do a fifteen-minute special on it. A fifteen-minute special. I don't I'm, not, I'm not spending an hour and a half talking about a Bolton record if I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, number three. We'll moving see on. About uh, number three is REM's Out of Time, which yeah. we did. Number two is Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Yeah. And if you bear in mind, this was released at the end of November. Yeah. And is the number two best-selling album well, yeah, of the we had, year. We had this in 1990 as well, remember? Because yeah. we Phil Collins outsold everything all year. Yeah. And then um, Immaculate Collection came out in like November, December and uh-huh. was the number one best-selling album of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, and then, so yeah, obviously we know what number one number is Number one, be. if you haven't guessed yet, yeah. Simply Red Stars. Yeah, yeah, which is inevitable. 
You know, yeah. it was fucking world straddling. And I think, as we mentioned, it was the best selling album of 92 as well, I think. Yeah, I believe that I is the we, case. We said that in the Spoilers. Episode. I know. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's what was going on. And, you know, eight of these were number one albums. So we have talked about them and we've gone through why they were so big. Yeah. Um, but this is what was going on in the general populist record buying public, the rest of the world. But uh, yeah, fuck it. Let's go back to what. But we, how straight? What, uh, hmm? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a couple of couple of omissions in that list that I wouldn't. Uh, okay. I mean, this is in the UK. I should qualify. Yeah. Because if it was the US, I bet you we would have had Metallica in there, for example. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think we probably would have. Maybe. Yeah, but no. Yeah. We, no. No Guns and Roses as well. Yeah. Uh, no. Anyway, I I can't I can't uh, I can't mention these without well, blowing the rest of my into it. Yeah. Okay, uh, but let's get back into our one. So, all right, so we skipped over my number eight. What is your number eight? My number eight is uh, Steady Diet of Nothing by Fugazi. Well, no. Right. So if you heard my list last year, I had Repeater in my list. Yes, you did. Um, for Steady Diet of Nothing is probably my favourite Fugazi record. Okay. And it's not necessarily because it's the best Fugazi record, uh, I couldn't tell you what that is. The best of Fugazi. Best of Fugazi, I'd have to say. <laughs> yeah. The best of Fugazi. I'd love it if they put out a best They off. fucking are, so would I. So would I. And, and called it, I'd have to say, the best of Fugazi. Uh, but like many, many things, this was the first, like, there was a kind of a, a pool of Fugazi records amongst my group of friends, mm-hmm. most of which were owned by my friend Grant Kelso. Oh, yes. Uh, Grant was the biggest Fugazi know, fan amongst I can, us. I can, I can see this. Uh, and I think I bought Steady Diet of Nothing because he didn't have it. Oh. I think that's kind of where it... That's often what you do back in those days. If like if there was a record that was missing, for, so you try and get the... You know, that's why I had Frizzle Fry by Primus because no one had that. You right, try and have it yeah. and then you can so take you it for other it. people and you can swap and you're kind yeah. of do it, doing your bit kind of thing. Otherwise, every, if you just have the best, you know, everyone ends up with the same shit, don't yeah, they? Yeah, sure. Um, but so I had this album and I... as. You know, it's absolutely lent on this album all the time, and right. there's just the that kind of post-hardcore sound, that kind of stripped down, uh, kind of like almost kind of, it's what would I guess turn into emo down the line. Okay, yeah. that kind of that you know that kind of the sure. hardcore that dealt more with ideas and emotions yeah. than it did just with fury. Right. Okay. Know? Okay. And you know, obviously, Fugazi have got that incredibly distinctive bass sound mm-hmm. loads of kind of great so everything's very very rhythmical um, what a fucking shit bit of music criticism that is <laughs> everything's, everything's very rhythmical mm. no but there's a you know there's a kind of a real a, a real kind of uh, tightness in the the rhythm section throughout oh, yeah yeah for Garzi. Uh, if you've not heard people singing like Ian Mackay and it's just a different sound for me yeah it was a totally different sound and I just absolutely loved it I went and saw Fugazi I think 92 at Brixton Academy. Uh-huh. And that was like a real kind of pivotal moment for me. It was the first like grown-ups punk show that I'd been to. Yeah. And people were kicking the living shit out of each other. It was violent. It, uh, yeah, but it, was, it, it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, but, it, but it wasn't a violent thing. It was a very respectful kind of thing. But yeah. it was... But, you know, it was people in their 20s and I was a teenager. Right, sure. You know, and it was people that had been into this band for a long, long time. And it was just chaos man mm. and it was proper chaos it wasn't like kind of 
like hot topic Kerrang magazine chaos. Okay. It was like, oh, this is real and it felt authentic. And okay. I didn't know any of the fucking songs at all, really, at the time. But I just came, I came out of that gig going like, that was something, and I want to be more involved with whatever the fuck sure. that something is. Sure, okay. Because this is oh, it's just exciting. And you know, I think like not this long song. after that, I was listening to just you know, I was just getting hold of like kind of hardcore records out of you know yeah. Revelation records and. You know, kind of stuff that was coming out of, of like kind of on seven, like what's little that, seven uh, inches and stuff. What's that band that you fucking love that reformed? Oh, Quicksand. Quicksand. Oh, yeah. More about them next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, right. qu- I mean, you know, qu- Quicksand are one of my favourite bands of all time. Sure. Uh, obviously, Walter Shreffels, who would go on to be in Rival Schools. Schools. Yeah. Was in Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, right. So there's a through line for you from Fugazi through a lot of your favourite stuff of the of the whole 90s, really. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Into, into, into yeah, for, yeah for, you know, Fugazi, Helmet, Quicksand, yeah. Orange Night Millimeter, kind of Texas is the Reason, all of those, okay. all of those, you know, kind of uh, Sense Field, all those kind of underground uh, bands on little punk labels, yeah. uh, Downset, even. Oh, sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that became my indie dickheadness right. of... You know, most of the mid nineties, really. Uh, that was that was my little kind of tribe, and you know, found into that through skateboarding and mm-hmm. things like you know, skateboarding was incredibly important and forming in terms of what I listen to, music that I find on skate videos of and course. things like this. And this was kind of a big, 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 big kind of pivotal thing. When I said, which is, you know, when when you look at this record, Steady Dark and Nothing, next to the other records in here, and particularly when I look at it next to some of the things that I left off, uh-huh. is it? As good a record as some of those, like song for song, is every song a classic? You know, sure. is you know, can I go through it in the same way as I do Actor Baby? No, I can't. But in terms of what it meant to me and the way that it changed my life, well, I can't fuck with it. No, that's what it's about as well. It's absolutely that's a huge. I mean, that, that we'll come to that in some of my choices. Yeah. I can't justify them being as good as some of the other ones. Yeah, but fuck me, they meant so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Cool. All right. Well, that's nice. Again. This is going to be the question. What song are you going to put on the playlist? Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to go with... I was thinking about Long Division, but I don't think it's going to be Long Division. I'm going to go with Reclamation. Reclamation yeah. is. I, I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, actually, saying that this is a song. It's, it's a song that's kind of, uh, you know, these are our demands. We want control of our bodies. Uh-huh. All decisions. Oh, we yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a song that is absolutely fucking crying out for a feminist remake. Right. Uh, that, uh, um, but what a fucking song it is, man. Okay, that's yeah, the one. Right. Absolutely love this song. Yeah, fucking good choice, man. Good choice. I know you're a big fan, so that makes sense that they're in there. Um, so that's your that was your number eight, yeah. That was my number eight. Okay, my number seven. Yeah, and we did we did a quick comparison before, and uh, 
year number seven is the same one, I think, isn't it? It is indeed. Yes, so this one, uh, Metallica, the Black Album, which we've obviously had a whole episode on. Yep. Uh, we came very different ways to this because I didn't like it at all at the time and it took me a while to get into it. Yep. You were much more on it because you were into that more than I was and you went and saw them live the year after. This was out and all that stuff. Yeah. But we've both come to to love the album. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, as I say, this this record, uh, you know, we, we, we discuss this in quite a lot of depth. Exactly. Go, uh, if, if you like Metallica and you haven't heard our Metallica episode, do go back and listen to it because... You know, it's it's a lot of just fanboying yeah. out about big tunes. Yeah, so I mean, like, just because you know, I don't want to just refer people back. You know, this record I got into mainly uh, because of the Queen Freddie Mercury concert. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, just fell in love with the songs immediately. Went into it, and you know, this is a great intro. I'm so glad that I came mm. into this record without the baggage of being into the other records first. Oh, indeed. So you weren't put off by the change of direction or the the you know, quote unquote populist feel, that sort of shit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'd have to, you know, and you know, I'm, I probably spent an amount of time in the nineties pretending that, you know, I, I thought this album wasn't as cool as the other ones or, right, sure. or whatever, you know, and you know, if, if you ask me what my favorite Metallica album is, it is genuinely master of puppets. Fair enough. Uh, you know, it absolutely is. And you know, I, uh, but <laughs> this is a fantastic fucking record. It it's a complete is. record. Absolutely is. And I was, I remember being surprised whenever we did this one, at how, because I was thinking, I bet you half of this is brilliant and half of it's a bit dirgy. Yeah, this was kind of ninety percent brilliant. Whenever yeah. I went back to it, yeah, so good. Even though like the ones that I didn't remember much of, yeah, actually that is great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's got a wolf and men on it. <laughs> yeah, quite indeed. That was the one we had. I think the most fun with sheep shift. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Uh, well, obviously we've already picked songs from this for. Uh, uh, as standard playlist. Yes. But we're going to have to pick some. Are you going to go same or different? Uh, well, we went for three in total on the lap when yeah. we did it before. Uh, and I think I am going to go with one of those. Simply because it was the first one I heard. Well, apart from Enter Sandman, yeah. which I heard. Uh, it was the one that made me interested to go and listen to the rest of the album. Because at okay. the time, Enter Sandman didn't make me want to listen to the rest of the album. Because I, I wasn't in the right place for it. Yeah. It was a couple of years later that I heard Wherever I May Roam. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, fuck. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this is great. Great song. Maybe I should investigate more. And I did. And that was a good thing to do. So I am going to stick with that one of my choices. Okay. Well, I'm going to go just because I'm a contrarian. Yeah. Different, different shit, different day. Uh-huh. I feel like I want to put Sad But True on this. Sad But True. What a fucking song. And to be honest, the only reason we didn't put it on because we were being contrarian then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you, yeah. can, you can pick any one of these songs. I mean, you know, I, I just want to remind everyone that this is uh, a much better use of it than in American Badass by... <laughs> Kid Rock. <laughs> Call him Kid! <laughs> God. Anyway. Um, okay, so, so that was number seven for both of us. Absolutely. Mm. Number seven. And this one obviously featured in quite a few of the lists. I bet it did, actually. Yeah, because there was quite a few people who sent lists that were kind of rock-orientated. And if you're going to be putting stuff like that together, you're going to have Metallica. Without a doubt, mate. Without a doubt. Who, I mean, who did have it in there? Who did have it? Let's have a quick look. I don't think uh, 
Don't think don't think Cy Sharp had it. Strangely. No, strangely. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, our pal John Myers had it in his list. Yes. Uh, also, he had uh, Julian Cope's Peggy Suicide, number one. Actually, I don't oh. think it was in any particular order. Oh, no, actually, he, he, said. Yeah. he also had Fagazi Steady Diet and nothing because he's a gangster uh-huh. like that. And he's got Pixie's Trump Le Monde, which was on my kind of very close yeah, it was number ten on mine for a while before I swapped it out. Fair enough. Yeah, we've we've talked about this before. I've got I've got a massive pixie sized hole. Well, I, mean, I suppose if it was a pixie sized hole, it would be quite a small hole, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Th- this is not the one to go and investigate for. You know, to try and fill that hole. Uh, this was their last album, and while it is, you can it is very very good. It yeah. is. Um, I remember at the time going, well, it's not. You know, it's not Surfer Rosa, it's not Doolittle, so bleh, I was being a dickhead. And because it, it's not either of those, and I don't think it's as good as either of those, it's still a very good album. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Matt Davis, uh, regular listener Matt Davis. Uh-huh. Hey Matt, how you doing, mate? He's uh, uh, got a, a number nine Metallica. He's got a, a, a couple of uh, other choices I'm not seeing anywhere else. He's got uh, Sea Monsters, but a wedding present in his list. Right, yeah, I was just never into the wedding. And that is because I didn't bother investigating. I knew a couple of songs, yeah. and I kind of liked them, but not enough to investigate any further. Sure. He's also got Acting Baby up at number four in his list. Uh-huh. Bandwagon-esque and Loveless, number two and number one. Fair play. So That's, that's a good yeah. list as well. That's a good list. Some, some, some Obviously, there's other stuff in there, but we might be talking about some more of it a little bit Indeed. later as we go. Indeed. Dave Roddy. Uh, Dave Roddy's got it at number one. Yeah, fair deuce. Yeah, Dave Roddy. Uh, again, quite a few bits across. He's got the. He's got usual illusion. He's got that in as one album. Dave Roddy, that's cheating, motherfucker. <laughs> Sepultura's Arise. Yeah. Oh, that was bubbling under for me. Is that, that one. Was that in the near beat? Oh God, wasn't it? Right. Um, Warrior Soul, Drugs God of the New Republic. Now, Warrior Soul are an insanely underrated band. You reckon? I think so. Okay. Yeah, Warrior Soul, man, that guy. Uh, he must have fucked someone off because that guy should have been a much bigger star than he was. I see. I can't remember what his name is now. Fuck, what's his name? No idea, mate. It'll come to me like in a minute. Uh, Neil Young, Weld, he's got you on there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I don't know. Neil Young is one of those ones, you know, you know, there's fucking acts that you go, yeah. just don't get it. Yeah, he's one for me. You're you're either in or you're out, aren't you? Yeah, Bob he's, Dylan as well for me. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Uh, you know, uh, fucking what are they called. Um, Marky Smith. Um, oh, the fall. The fall. Yeah. yeah, another one of those things. Uh, and the other thing, Dave Roddy's got in. Nobody else has got is a, a Mama said by Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, there's yeah. some good tunes on that. There are some good tunes. I once spoke to Lenny Kravitz at three a.m. in an L.A. apartment on the phone from France. Oh, very nice. My uh, my, my my cousin in the states uh, was working as part of his management team. Right. And yeah, he phoned her up at three in the morning yeah. and the phone was next to my head and I'd picked it up oh right like asleep yeah and it was Lenny Kravitz <laughs> my god and what he was trying to arrange I don't know if I'm allowed to say this oh fuck it actually he won't hear but but what he was trying to arrange is he was trying to get her to uh, uh, fly one of his girlfriends out to France and fly another one of them back to America <laughs> ah. okay that's crazy right that is well that doesn't surprise me brilliant Brilliant. Oh, yeah, but good good list there, Dave Roddy. Thank you for that. Yeah, cheers for getting in touch, man. Cool. All I right. think, I think yeah, yeah, Mike Collins doesn't have that on his list. Fucking hell. Yeah, we'll he, he went with Mide Funk instead. Oh, well, you know, of the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that was our number seven. 
All right. So, um, I mean, look, let's, let's, I think it's a good moment as well before we get into our number our last one of this episode yeah uh, let's, let's talk about some of the other stuff that should have made it okay, didn't sure. make it um, uh-huh. what else did you have well I mean I had I mean, I mean just a couple of things we've already talked about Slint Slave to the Grind yeah. Arise by Sepultura there's a little kind of trifecta of records, uh, like Carcass, Death, and Suffocation, Ooh, okay. all put out records this year. Uh-huh. Obviously, big death metal records, kind of seminal death metal records, yes. uh, all bands with big careers. And, you know, again, the metal elitist in me feels like I should include those, but the honest person is like, well, you know. Truth but, again, is, you weren't listening to those in 1991 either. No, right? no, I didn't, no. Get to, I didn't get into death metal until... I mean, I got into Carcass maybe at Sixth Form College, and I got into oh, death okay. metal progressively over the years. I mean, I was you know, really big into death metal kind mm. of back end of the 90s. Uh, no, probably early 2000s is probably really when I was listening okay, to a lot sure. of death metal. But, uh, like, okay, it was... Uh... Definitely a fertile time for the genre in '91. Absolutely, right, sure. Well, a record that's been on a few of the lists we've seen was uh-huh. on Mike Collins' list. It was on John McCormack's list. I think it was on John Myers' list. Spine of God by Monster, Monster Magnet. Magnet. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep. big uh, album. Oh my God, we, we we talked about it a little bit in one of the last episodes. Yes. A, a record that was probably out a little bit too early for itself, really. Well, I mean, yes, in some ways, but then it also has the kind of honor distinction. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, honour, distinction, right, merit, yeah. all of these different levels of badges you can earn. If you're in the Boy Scouts, yeah. as uh, Michael Jackson was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it does have... <laughs> Fuck's sake. It does have the honour of being pretty much the first big stoner rock album of any, you know, great merit. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think yeah, there were there were stuff was happening elsewhere. Like we, like you said, we had the Caius Wretch thing going on. Yeah, and corrosion and conformity. Might yeah. want to have a word with you there. Oh, actually, that's a that's a good chat. It's probably a good time to include uh, our friend Judge Dewey's list. Oh yeah, yeah. This this is I I, I, I want to include this one. Dewey is my my pal Alex, and he uh, has. I think this is the most metal list that we had oh, okay. sent to us. This is pretty metal uh, I'm not sure whether he's got it in order or not but if he has number one Sepultura Arise okay. Clo- uh, Corrosion of Conformity Blind mm-hmm. that's a big shout for first Stoner Rock album as okay. well Fair enough. Uh, Infectious Grooves The Plague That Makes Your Booty Move now that is a fucking brilliant record Radio. obviously first first you'd hear of uh, uh, Rob Trujillo who would end up playing in Metallica, Metallica of course uh, Meshuggah Contradictions Collapse I had no idea Meshuggah had a record out in 1990 I'm very is that right? Uh, it, I, I, I would imagine it I'm is I'm amazed okay fair enough I, I haven't fence checked it but I wouldn't I, no, uh, do, it. No. do he knows his shit with his right. metal man more than I do uh, Dave Lee Roth A Little Ain't Enough well um, I, I mean I, again I haven't heard that whole record I, I suspect say, I won't like it A Little Dave Lee Roth is far too much really isn't it? <laughs> yeah well, that is exactly right Overkill Horoscope Seminal thrash band, oh, yeah. Overkill, absolutely. Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears, yeah. which I half like that album. I don't love it. Okay. Best pun of the episode so far, though. White Lions, main attraction. Main spelled M A N E. Oh wow, that's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Wow, that's main absolutely attraction. brilliant. White Lion, fucking hell. And then number ten on his list was my most painful exclusion of this entire list, which was Primus Sale and Caesar Cheese. Because uh, I, I kind of just assumed you would have that in there. I 
agonised. That must have been a tough one. I agonised over it, mate. It yeah. was, it was, you know, it was on all of my lists apart mm. from the final one. Wow, right? Because you know, I looked at it and I was like, well, you know, what is there on here that I can't, that I don't have? And it's like, you know, there are albums on here that I would make myself sound much cooler by excluding, but, but no, that's not the point. No, it's not, man. It, it I don't think anyone isn't. has listened to this podcast has gone. Those are two cool guys. <laughs> That's not what we're doing here. Look, is it? man, I would imagine some of our listeners listen and we think we are cool because it allows them to think of themselves oh, as oh, cool as well, right? Okay, right. All right, so let's not blow this. Fair we're enough. very, very cool guys, and so, <laughs> so are all you see. people yeah. listening. I fucking love you. No, uh, we're fucking nerds of my people, man. Yeah, sure. Always have been. I love a fucking nerd. All right, well, you know, I, I was surprised you didn't have Primus. Well, I was surprised I didn't have Primus as but well. That's the way the uh, the cookie crumbles. Absolutely, and obviously loads and loads of hip hop that we didn't have well, of in course. there. But where, 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 anything else that we've talked um, about? The, the other ones, the only other ones I had on the sort of the, the close, uh, not not out, these were never going to be on the ten, but they would have been twelve, thirteen, whatever like that. Uh, Blur, Leisure, their first album. I really like that album, and um, it made a big impression on me in nineteen ninety one. I went and saw them live. I loved There's No Other Way. I loved She's So High. Fucking, I even loved Bang when that came out. It's a good single. But album-wise, it's not an amazing album. You know, it's not. Because it's a band finding its feet and doing something that they didn't particularly believe in at the time. There are some good tunes on there, but it's not, it's not a, a brilliant album. But it made a big impression on me. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I, I, I'm just keeping a respectful silence well, here, right. mate. Yeah. Because uh, I don't. I fucking hate Blur. Oh, well, you know, uh, I, I don't. I hate Damon Albarn. Exactly. But you know, and, and I think whenever we did play a bit of "There Is No Other Way" back in whenever it came out during the season, you were willing to accept that it's this was not, you know, Damon Albarn at his worst for you. That yeah, it wasn't the David Albarn you hate the most at this point, and so maybe there might be a couple of bits in the hair that you would enjoy if you had to, but there's no reason that you would go and listen to this at all. Yeah, I I, I couldn't say no more on it. I mean, we're gonna have fun when we do the Blur albums, of but, which yeah. there are many. We have to do. I think we think goes. three in total. Yeah, oh, if we good. make it to fucking ninety nine. Oh, we had a late entry. We had a late entry here, just coming as we've recorded oh, right. on top tens. Uh, our buddy Cliff Parr. Oh, yes. Runs okay. a Caroline uh-huh. at Smogo on Twitter. Oh, wow. Right. Now, uh, I can't do 10 because it's in the list. Yeah. Can't do 9. It's in the list. Can't do 8. It's in the list. Number 7, Usual Illusion. Okay. Number 6, White Zombie, Le Sexisisto, Devil Music, Volume 1. Now, I'm fairly sure that came out in 1992, Cliff. I'm not 100%, but that's I've, I, I, I've just wikipedia it, and it seems like it is. I haven't done any research, so there's a possibility that it's like a, a recorded in 1990 and held back thing. Right. But I think, yeah. uh, sorry for 91, yeah, but yeah. I'm fairly sure that's a 92 release. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I'd not seen that on any lists that whenever I was looking through what came out. Fair enough, okay. Yeah. Number four, Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill, absolutely. Yeah. Number three, can't read it out, it's on the list. Number two is on your list, and number one is on our list as well. Okay. But yeah, so we've got, yeah, we, we've got some, got some good stuff in there. That is not as contrarian as I would you expected you to be. No, I was expecting a lot of stuff I'd never even heard of. Yeah, yeah, I was as well. I was like kind of nasenblout and yeah. stuff like that. Well, indeed, I think uh, we've already mentioned Phil Guthrie, my mate Phil, uh, and he's got stuff like... Oh, was it skinny? Was it skinny puppy or something like that? Oh, was he got skinny puppy no, on there? No, uh, uh, two dot park was the album from ninety one. No, I think. It, it, it wasn't I've skinny puppy, album. but uh, 
it was something along those lines. Oh, I'm thinking the pitch shifter. Maybe I'm thinking. Oh God, that, yeah, there was uh, Phil Guffrey. Uh, yeah. uh, look, Phil Guffrey. I'm speaking to you. Uh, there's no excuse for having the first fucking pitch shifter <laughs> on your list. Uh, look, uh, yeah, no, this is. I, I would have expected Cliff to have more stuff like because uh, you know Phil's also got stuff like 808 State yeah. and LFO Orbital, those yeah. sorts of things. And I would thought Cliff might have had the same. Jesus Jones Doubt showing up here. I know. Well, that is a strong arm. That was. That would have been in my top 20 for sure. You know, that's one of those ones. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, yeah. I'd, I'd put that in my top 20 yeah. as well, I think, now. Um, and, oh, no, he, he, no, he, he took uh, LFO and 808 Stain aren't in his list because he, oh, he sent us a second tweet and he forgot a couple of and, 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 and I can't say what that is. But he also included USM's uh, 30-something. Yeah, yeah. And, which I've know, never heard. Uh, well, I, I don't even know if I heard it at the time, but I had no interest in any of the singles, so I couldn't be arsed. All right, so let's do. Let's finish number this episode six, off yeah. and do number six. Right, uh, who went last? Um, that was, it was both of us, Metallica, wasn't it? Yes. All right. Well, my number six is Primal Screams, Scream Metallica. Okay. Yeah. So that was, and you know, it's one of these ones that could have been in my top five. It could have been a swap around, but I've not listened to it in a while. I went back to it for you know a couple of bits on this, and while I still think it's a terrific album, yeah. It doesn't do as much for me these days as it did whenever it was released. Yeah. Because this was big for me when it was released. This really was. Um, it was released in the September. This was one of the ones that was released on either September 23rd or 24th yeah. of 1991. Those two days when everything, everything came out. Yeah. All those good albums. Um, so it was released then. I think Loaded had already been out. And as soon as I heard Loaded, I fell in love with it. I absolutely just... Head over heels fell in love with that tune. Yeah, um, it was one of the first times I'd heard just a really big, slow dance beat on this kind of indie tune. Big horns, sing along chorus. It was yeah. it, it ticked all of the boxes for me. It was absolutely fantastic. But then when the album came out, uh, there were other songs that didn't sound anything like Loaded because it's a big party tune. That I was like, oh shit, this is also fantastic. This is great in a different way. And so you you know don't fight it, feel it. Uh, come together these ones yeah. really fucking good but the one that just solidified my love for this album is Higher Than The Sun sure and it is there's two versions on the album there's kind of the, the five minute version and then there's a ten minute dub version of it right and the bass line on it is phenomenal and uh, it's all I mean, it's fucking called Higher Than The Sun obviously it's about drugs it's Bobby Gillespie talking about how amazing drugs are and I you know don't do drugs in in most cases I have only done a couple of things and I certainly had never done when I was 60 yeah but listening to that it made me go fucking hell that is uh, that sounds brilliant that sounds like he's having the best time in the world you went straight outside crushed up a bag of potato crisps and <laughs> yeah. snorted them you will not get a better high my friend <laughs> fucking cheese and onion potatoes um it, it, there's this really kind of squelchy bass line. There's yeah. a kind of what, what, what you know, a little moog, uh, trebly bit coming over the top of it. Bobby Gillespie being off his. I'm sure he was off his face when he recorded it. You would imagine it so. was 1991. He was yeah. off his face. Yeah. Uh, and then this huge drum break comes in for the chorus. It just kind of explodes outwards. Yeah. And just blew me away amazing uh, it's so fucking good and then you know that's me talking about the kind of the 
the single version in quote uh, and then the dub version just stretches it out and it just does the bass line for a while yeah you have nothing else but going on but this little whispering drum beat in the background just expands on it uh, beautifully and i'd not heard anything like that i you know in another world if dub wasn't such a shit genre, yeah. I might have started liking dub because of this song. Fucking hell, mate. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird, though, isn't it? Everyone in 1991 had to have at least one reggae track on the album. I know. Give me some reggae. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but, so, if you, I mean, I think I probably know the answer to this, but if you've got to pick one track, where are you going? Hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be... I'm going to do the just the regular version of Hiring the Song because it was the one that I just fell in love with on listening nice. to the album. It's so good. It is so, so good. So, yeah. Uh, it, uh, I remember watching them. I saw them in, I think it was in 1991. And, no, actually, it would have been 92, January 92. Uh, I saw them in Belfast. Yeah. And it was incredible. You know, fucking. I, I bet you everyone in that place, except me, yeah. was off their tits. Yeah. But I still had an amazing time. Wonderful I stuff. Know. Wonderful I know. stuff. I mean, it's produced by Andrew Weatherall. Yeah. You know, and his stamp is all over it. And Primal Scream are a band that sound like their producer. Yeah. You know, you've got George Draculius on uh, Give Up, Don't Give Out, whatever it is. You've got um, David Holmes does as well, I'm pretty sure. Whatever it is, they sound very much like, oh, this is who is behind the desk. Sure. Uh, but to have Andrew Weatherall doing this album... It worked for them, and it absolutely broke them through. This is another one that is touted as one of the best albums of the nineties, one of the most influential albums, blah blah blah, because it sounded so out there, but so perfectly done. Absolutely, yeah. man. Uh, also, one of the other producers was Terry Farley, who we saw this year in his collaborations with the Farm. We did indeed. Yeah. Uh, so before we went off to uh, start on a successful line of Rusks, yes, indeed. <laughs> I just like, mate. You were done, you did the farm, and then you did Primal Scream, and no one remembers your work with Primal Scream. That's got to be gutting. They yeah. always just go, "Oh, it's an Andy Weatherall production." Bless it. No one's going, "Oh, you know Terry over there." You know your man Terry. He was helping. Yeah, but you got paid penance if you record that farm record. Well, fucking right, mate. Yeah, yeah. no, this is community service at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But it's also weird. You think how the fuck was the farm a number one album, and this wasn't. <laughs> you know, okay, it was released at the same time as a load of other big records, but it wasn't. None of those records kept it off. The it's spot. timing and singles, isn't it's it? That's crazy. what it is. You know, fucking crazy, mate. But yeah, okay, so that's my number six, Screamadelica. Lovely stuff. Mm. Good choice there, my what's friend. Your, what's your six? Number six is, and long-time listeners of the podcast will be in no surprises whatsoever. It's uh, Diamonds and Pearls by Prince. Ah. Right, okay. I knew this was going to be somewhere in your list. Yeah, I'm just kept outside of the top five by some pretty strong records. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, this is, I mean, I, I knew Prince from singles before, and this is my first kind of, actually, it's not my first big Prince album because my first big Prince album was a Batman soundtrack, but okay. I saw, I saw Prince on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get Off just sold me this record. That is an incredible track. And, uh, you know, again, I, I like, yeah, you know, I, I like pretty much everything on this record. Obviously, this is this is Prince, uh, you know, kind of Prince uh, interpreting hip hop. Uh, the first, okay. kind of, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a record with a lot more hip hop influence than some of the the more straight ahead rocks. Obviously, we heard Graffiti Bridge last year, which sure. obviously had quite a lot of varied influences in there as yeah, well. Oh, that kind of yeah. New Jack Swing kind of thing had Tevin on there and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You know, you got you got such big singles in here. You got Cream, uh, you got Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and 
I mean, more than anything, you've got, um, <laughs> you know, you've got get off, and there's yeah. nothing you can really fuck with on that, you know. Uh, I, I don't think this is. I, I don't think this is a hunt. This is certainly not the best Prince record. Okay. Uh, it's you know that that's going to go down to something like you know kind of Purple Rain or okay, right. You know, it's it, it's not. It's not the classic record, but I can I can listen to this record without skipping any of the tracks. Really, yeah. I really enjoy it. it you know, it's, some of the the hip hop influence hasn't dated as well as you might hope, and Fine. some of the you know the set certainly the the, the production uh, is not as kind of big and crisp and bassy as you would maybe like it to be. Yeah, but. I still think this is an incredibly solid record. Did you have this at the time? You bought this at the time? Yeah, I had this at the yeah. time. Okay. Right. I had this as this came out. I had a copy of it that I got from a uh, a tape trader at a car boot sale. Nice. Yes, indeed. Wow, that yes. sounds very legal. It, it wasn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> there's some stupid songs in here as well, like Strolling and, uh, you know, kind of Walk, Don't Walk, mm-hmm. Jughead. Right. But, you know, it, it's... But there's enough on it. Money, yeah, money it. don't matter tonight. Uh, walk. I mean, I I like this whole record. I can't yeah. pop, daddy, daddy pop. That's a great tune. It sounds like the worst kind of lollipop you'd ever have. I mean, you wouldn't want to fucking no. You want to get to the stick, would you? <laughs> it's a gobstopper. Oh Christ! Couple of gobstoppers at the end. <laughs> Screwball. Yeah. Right. Well, I must admit, I'm because I'm not a big fan of print. Not. I don't mean that I'm not a fan of Prince. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of Prince. I don't know him well enough. Yeah. And the songs I know off this album, yeah. which are only the singles, mm-hmm. get off fucking brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Probably my favourite Prince yeah. song. Yeah. But the other ones, Diamonds and Pearls, don't like. Love Diamonds I think and Pearls. Too soppy, too saccharine. Cream, don't like. Love Cream. Right. Thunder's all right. Um, and is that all the singles? That might be all the ones off there. I don't know. Or was Money Don't Matter Tonight, was that a single? I can't remember. I'm not sure. But I I just didn't have any impetus to investigate this any further. See, this is the record that really made me investigate Prince. Right. You know, this is the record that made me go, I fucking love Prince. One of, you know, one of the first uh, artists I ever went to see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, still so glad that I got that, that I, that I saw him on oh, that occasion. Because the only time I ever saw him, I... Uh, which is such a... I'm so angry with myself for the amount of times I, I missed opportunities to go and see Prince. Yeah. I, like, nothing makes me angry at myself with music nah. than the fact that I missed... The opportunities yeah. you didn't take. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's always the way. Always thought there'd be more time, though. Of course. We were speaking to, again, our friend John Myers around Christmas time, and he was talking about when he didn't go and see Nirvana in, like, 92 yeah. in Bristol, because he was like, I've seen him before. I'll, I'll, I'll catch him another time. Yeah. Well, didn't. Absolutely. Or no, it was, at Red, it was the Reading 92, that's what it was. He didn't go and see them at Reading yeah. 92, and he was there. Yeah, he I know. Something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I didn't watch, I, I never saw Bowie. Right. I left during the Page and Plant set before they played the Led Zeppelin songs at Reading, because uh, they were annoying they me. They were, well, yeah, it was an annoying set. But yeah, I guarantee the Zeppelin songs would have been great. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, okay, so that's, uh, that brings us, oh, I wanted to do a song. Oh, of course, right. Da- yeah, okay. Right, and let's... Pearls, what song? Get off. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, go. shit, I could have known that. Yep, brilliant. Definitely, that is in. Well, 
So yeah, okay, so that brings us to the end of the first part of our Best of 91 special. Yes, it does. Uh, we're going to be back next week. I think it's next week. We're going to do this weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do, yeah, we'll do this yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Uh, And yes, yeah, so we'll be back with numbers five to one. Nice one. Thank you for listening to us as always. Uh, check out social medias, blah, blah, blah. Uh, get in contact with us. Uh, let us know anything that you really annoyed with mm-hmm. or that you really like. Um, big thank you to everyone who got in contact with uh, your top tens. That's badass of you. You are all amazing people. Uh, so it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Waffles the dog, who is in the room now. Cool. Asleep. Nice one, guys. We'll see you in a week. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com. 